Uh, let me open this up in prayer, and um, we'll, get, we'll get started. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the opportunity this morning brings. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be here worshiping, to lifting your name up, Lord. And during this holiday season, Lord, we just think of others. Lord, those that may have lost loved ones in the recent tragedies, the weather down south, or maybe, Lord, they've lost loved ones serving in our armed forces overseas. I pray especially, Lord, that you would be with those people during this time. Just comfort them, be with them, watch over them, Lord. I just pray that you be with each one of us, that as we have the joy of celebrating this, this holiday season, this Christmas season with loved ones and friends, can't thank you enough for those opportunities and for the grace that you show us. And so, Lord, just continue to extend that grace here this morning. And we pray all of this in your name, Lord. Amen. Well, our family um, just got done a three-day extravaganza of just being with family, you know, three straight days, Christmas Eve, Christmas, and then yesterday. And uh, probably one of, the, one of the biggest highlights, we, um, Kathy and I, her youngest brother, uh, James, and his, his wife were expecting a baby on Christmas Eve. Um, didn't happen. She looked very uncomfortable, which to be expected. Um, his parting comment was, if she didn't, it's okay if not by Christmas Eve, please definitely by New Year's Eve. Um, so, and then we had the, uh, uh, the awesome news that our other sister-in-law, um, they showed up to Christmas Eve to find out that they are uh, pregnant also, her other brother and her sister-in-law. So our kids are incredibly happy now because now the, the cousins are starting to come rapid fire um, on her side. So now they have people to play with at the holidays. Uh, but probably my favorite story from our holiday, uh, our holiday time came uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, our kids, there's a magazine that, that comes in the mail. And it's a little bit different than the magazine that they get to pick through right around uh, Thanksgiving and a little bit before. The one that shows up with grandmom and grandpop, you know, that kind of magazine that shows up for the grandkids and they get all excited and they're picking out, you know, what they want and everything. And it gives my, uh, my in-laws an idea of what to get them. This magazine's different. This magazine comes from Compassion International. And it comes, and our kids are equally excited. Because they look through it, and they get the opportunity to pick out things they know they aren't getting, but they know they're going to be able to bless others with. And it's interesting to watch them pick through things, because they pick based upon their personalities, making sure that kids have Bibles and that they can go to school, making sure moms have enough uh, food to be able to, you know, take care of their little babies, buying malaria nets. And I know Kathy and I just look at that and watch when they do that, because they understand the importance of blessing others. And, you know, that's exactly what we've been talking about this past year and a half, Really, when it comes down to why the conversation, you know, and we've talked about it all last year and we talked about it, you know, Barry's been preaching on it before the holidays. Why the conversation? Because ultimately the conversation is about blessing others. And I, you know, it's like it, it always starts with that conversation between us and God. 
And then the conversation turns, and that's what we've been talking about. It's a conversation between us and others. And I know at times this can be difficult. Sometimes it may even seem like this. It can be hard. It can be scary. But it's okay. You'll be able to work through it. We're going to encourage you. We're going to continue to walk with you with this. And after the holidays, we're going to be taking a, um, a, a journey through the book of Romans. And we're going to see how these principles of love, forgiveness, purpose, and hope just come out of Scripture. But probably even more importantly, you're going to see how the people during that time era aren't much different than us. It's funny, oftentimes when I would teach something out of Romans, especially in the first chapter, I would often say to the students, it's interesting how much humanity has evolved over all this time. But we really haven't, right? It's the same struggle. Yet the good news is it's the same solution. And so what's today? Today's a, a pause, a commercial break maybe. Halftime, if you would. My goal for this morning, for you not to end up like this at the end. I think that was second service a couple weeks ago. I'm not sure. But if you end up like this, I'm in trouble because then the next time I preach, they'll probably put a sign out front that looks like this. For those of you that didn't laugh, I think you're already asleep and I've done my job. No, but seriously, today is uh, my goal today is to, in a sense, take a pause in between what we talk about before the holidays and what we talk about after the holidays. And each fall, my family, we take a, about an hour trip north up into New York State, and uh, we go apple picking, you know, usually late September, early October. And um, it's interesting, we get there, and the kids immediately know where to go. There's all kinds of things on this farm up in Warwick. There's pumpkins. There's, you know, all different kinds of vegetables. But each and every year they know exactly where the apple trees are. Not because they recognize the trees, but because they recognize what the trees are producing. And shouldn't our lives be just as recognizable in terms of producing for Jesus Christ. So my goal this morning, hopefully, is to get us an opportunity to be encouraged, and maybe even as we turn the page on a new year, to take inventory of what it is our lives are really producing. So to kind of really illustrate this, I, I actually, um, we have a special guest, as, as Nancy uh, had indicated earlier, so he actually is not only a guest, but he's going to be my guest volunteer this morning. So I'm going to ask Tim to come on up because I never do anything normal here when I get the opportunity to be up here. So, actually, Scott, could you throw me that blindfold? Because I don't want to see, I want Tim to see what he's doing. So Tim walks in and we give him all hugs and everything. And I said, hey, Tim. You recognize, you know, you're pretty good sense of smell and all that kind of stuff. He says, yeah, so perfect. You're the perfect volunteer. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blindfold him here so this way he can't, he can't see what I'm doing. All right. And I can do it a little tight because is that good? I got, I got your hair. I don't know what that's like. So. All right. All right. Now let me grab some things over here. 
Don't be scared, but don't move. All right, so here's, the, here's what we're going to do. Feel like you're back in youth ministry? Yeah. Um, you have three senses that I'll allow you to have. You can have touch, you can have smell, and you can have taste. You can only use one, and you're going to get to have to choose three different types of fruit. So which sense do you want to start with? Touch. All right, touch. Hey, I just think I think it's gonna fall off. All right, let me get it even tighter. Got it? Yeah, let's. Got that? Yeah, I'll, I'll double knot it for you. Don't want it to fall off. All right, good. So, what did you say? Touch? Sure. Yeah. All right, here we go. You ready? Put your hand out. All right. An apple. You are good, my friend. Yeah, let's hear it for him. All right. Touches down. Now you have two other senses, taste and smell. Which would you want to go with this round? Uh, taste. Taste, okay. This is where he makes me eat uh, onion, right? <laughs> a fruit, a fruit. All right, ready? <laughs> Open wide. Uh, oh. I'll let you take a bite. Sure, yes, he got number two. He's two for two. All right. Last one. It's smell. And this one's not an onion either. All right, you ready? Hold on. Where, where'd it go? I'm oh, sorry, sorry. It's, uh, wait, I know that smell. Uh, a berry? No. Wait, let me smell it again. I know that smell. I can't. Do, 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 do. Looks like Pac-Man about to chomp down on his last chance. Orange. Yes. Look at that. All right. Three for three. Good job. You can take that off. And uh, you can take the fruit with you, but also for being a volunteer, let me just grab this because I know that can be tough a little bit. Once you eat your fruit, you can have this bunch of cookies that my wife put together for you. There you go. All right. It's well worth it. Thanks, man. So here's the thing. Identifying fruit. And those things are really the three most basic fruits that we have that come off trees. And for the most part, they're very easily identifiable. You can identify a banana, whether taste, touch, an apple, and Tim did a great job of demonstrating that. The orange was probably a little bit more you know, on me because I was trying not to let the juices get everywhere and didn't want to um, make a mess. But each one of them have a unique characteristic. Each fruit has a unique characteristic. They're easy, easily recognizable, and so should our lives be. Our lives should be the same exact way that those fruit are, that people should be able to see our lives and be able to say there's something unique about them, but it's recognizable. There's something different, and they should see that coming out of our lives. And so this morning, if you would, open your Bibles to Luke chapter 6. 
And Luke's writing. And he's been, he's, he's, at this point, it's Jesus speaking. And he's been talking about some pretty, you know, difficult things. He's, he's been talking about the concept of love your enemy. He's been talking about the concept of judging others. And then he gets to this part right in here. He kind of sneaks this little thing in here. And it says in verse 43, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. 44, he says, Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. Here's what's interesting. Let me just pause for a second there. And in verse 43, when it says that a, a good tree bears, or I'm sorry, a, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and nor can a, can a bad tree produce good fruit, it's talking about the quality of the life that is lived. In other words, a good tree, and what Luke is talking about here, a good tree is a tree that is rooted in Christ. A good tree is a tree that is centered in Christ. A good tree is a tree that is Christ-like. And when we have our lives around that and our lives are doing that, it's, it's, it becomes almost impossible, if, if not difficult, to, to produce something bad. But then the reverse is true as well. A tree that is rooted in hypocrisy, a tree that is rooted in moral decay, cannot and will not produce good things either. And so we start getting right in here, he jumps right into the fact of where is it that we're rooted. You know, recently I, I had read a book, actually a couple of books, on a guy that we're probably all familiar with, if nothing else by name, but William Wilberforce. Most of us know William Wilberforce by the fact that he was the one that led the, led the um, uh, end of slavery in England for, for the lack of, of you know, getting into details. But what a lot of people don't know about him was that there was another great transformation or another great change that he led simultaneous to ending slavery in England. But that's what he's most known for is ending slavery. But that's not where his life started. See, he started as a bad tree. He came from a lot of money. His family was very well off. And when he was younger, he, would, he squandered money, and his lifestyle was rooted in hypocrisy. His lifestyle was rooted very much in moral decay as well, by his own diary entries. It wouldn't be until 1785 that he had what he called the great transformation of his life. And it was during that year that he embraced Christianity. And from that came the two great changes in English society. One was the ending of slavery, but what most people don't know and simultaneous was that he led the reformation of manners and morals in English society. And as a result of his work and what he had done, we actually, uh, the Victorian era was born out of his efforts. One of the most noble eras of English society, English history. Because he re-rooted himself. And the reality of it is, whatever we are rooting our lives in, that is what our lives will 
produce. And so in verse 44, it begins to show us the profound effect of this. He says, each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People don't pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. You know what's important about that part right there is, yes, a tree is identified by its fruit. When my family goes apple picking, they they know that's our purpose to be there. They're not looking to pick oranges off apple trees because they know those trees aren't going to produce oranges. As much as a tree is known by its fruit, a person is known by its actions. My kids would no sooner go try to pick an orange off an apple tree as you would confide in a gossip. And that's the reality of what our lives are rooted in is what our lives will wind up producing. So a question I would ask you, and I know a question I've wrestled with, is what are you known for? What is it that your life is known for? Because here's a reality. The expectations others have of our lives aren't set by them. It's set by us. The expectations others have of of us, of our lives, are actually set by us, by the things that we do, by the things that we have our heart rooted in, produces those things, and then people wind up having those expectations of us. Let me ask you another question. What is it that people seek you out for? What is it that people actually come to you for? Is it advice because they know you're wise? Is it because they have insight and they know that you, you know, they, they just need to confide in you for something because they know you're good at keeping, you know, keeping things confidential? What is it that people will come to you for? That is a really good telltale sign as to what you're known for, what people will come to you for. Because, see, here's the thing. And this is really important. If, if, if we don't walk out of here with anything, walk out of here with this. A tree produces fruit not for itself. Okay, we're done. I can pray. A tree produces fruit for the benefit of others. A tree does not produce fruit for itself. It produces fruit for the benefit of others. It doesn't pick its own apples. We do. We benefit from the fruit a tree creates, just like the people around you will benefit from the fruit your life produces. And so it becomes that much more important to know what it is that your life is rooted in and what it is your life is producing. Because ultimately, it does not wind up being for you. It winds up being for the people that are around you. And I kind of came up with this, this one little crazy thing as I was trying to roll around in my head and this just kind of popped out. It was one of those moments where I had to write it down really quick because otherwise I would have forgot it. A life lived for itself changes but none. A life lived for itself changes but none. A life lived for others changes countless ones. A life lived for itself changes but none. A life lived for others changes countless ones. What fruit, what fruit is your life producing?
not for yourself, but for those around you. And then we get to verse 45. And this is kind of like, it's almost as if he brings the hammer down with an explanation mark. And he says, a good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. It's interesting because there's action rooted there. We bring out what's in our heart. We can't help it. Bring out is almost kind of like whatever we have our heart rooted in, it's going to overflow. It's going to spill out. We can kind of try and contain it a little bit, but ultimately that's what's going to pour out onto the people around us. Ultimately that's what we're going to produce and people are going to see and people are going to pick from. And that's what people are going to get from us. We bring it out whether we like it or not, whether we try or not, it's going to come out because it is an overflow. It's the abundance of what we have our hearts filled with. And so all that much more important, we have to step back and ask ourselves exactly what, or maybe the better question is, who do we have ourselves rooted in? Who do we have ourselves rooted in? Because you know what? Here's that question when I started wrestling with this whole thing. got really personal for me. Because as the students know, because I say this all the time and I openly admit it, I struggle with keeping myself rooted in Christ because I know it's right, because I know what kind of life that will produce, and I know those, will benefit, those around me will benefit most from that, especially my wife and kids. But I struggle because those roots want to grow away from, from that, and they want to grow in me. They want to grow in the selfishness of saying, it's okay. It's a little voice. It's not this big, blaring thing. It's okay to do that for you. It's okay to go buy that for you. It's okay. No big deal. It's okay, it's okay to be a little selfish. It's that little voice. So sometimes it's not so much the question of what do you have your root self-rooted in or what your heart is rooted in, but maybe who your heart is rooted in. An apple tree produces apples. Not oranges. Don't worry, I'm not running off and being a farmer. That's like agricultural 101. Just like a good tree will not produce bad fruit, nor will a bad tree produce good fruit. Our lives, at the end of the day, are an inside job before they're an outside job. Our lives are an inside job. We work on ourselves. We work on what's going on inside of us first before it becomes an outside job. Because our lives are produced, really, for the benefit of others. We say, well, okay, what's one of the things that we can do, maybe, as we're producing fruit? What are some of the things that maybe we can do for others? Here's what I would suggest. A life produced for others that would benefit others? I'll let you know a little secret. Humanity's number one need, a person's number one need, the thing that they strive the most to want to get, at the end of the day, what is it that we all really desire and, and most people in a survey done? The number one need, people want to be understood. 
They want to know that somebody's listening. They want to know that somebody cares. They want to know, and in order to do those things, they want to know that they're being understood, that somebody really cares about them. Enough to understand who they are, what they're going through, what their life story is. Sounds like the conversation. So my thing would be simply this. As we begin to turn the conversation, as we begin to take almost kind of like a, a, a break between what was going on before the holidays and what was happening, you know, what's going to happen after the holidays, if this is halftime, take a minute and just do a little reflection. What kind of fruit is my life producing? And in that, in that you will find the importance and the, and, and the people that you need to have the conversation with. Because if people want to be understood, people really want to be understood, here's one of the first and foremost things we need to do, fundamental of everything, is simply listen to them. Ask questions. We can't guide somebody in a conversation. We can't turn them toward God if we aren't first listening, if we aren't first asking a question about them and then listening, truly listening to what they say. Here's the bottom line principle, bringing it in simply to this. Seek first to understand before being understood. Seek first to understand others, to hear their story, to hear their struggles, to understand what it is they're going through before you begin to share, before you begin to talk to them about God, before you turn the conversation, understand who they are, what they're going through, and allow your life, allow the fruit of who you are to be maybe marked by the fact that you're a good listener, that you're somebody who's willing to take the time, that you're willing to be somebody who understands. Because the life lived for itself changes but none but a life lived for others can change countless ones followers of Christ we should reflect the fruit of Christ we should be reflecting goodness, kindness grace compassion these are the fruits of our lives that others should see. These are the unique characteristics that people should want to pick from our life. These are the things that should be easily identifiable in our lives. And when we stop and take the time long enough to listen, to understand, to others, they'll be picking. And they'll come. And they'll be countless ones. Because you'll be living a life not for self, but for others. I leave you with a quote from Winston Churchill. It simply said, We make a living by what we get. We make a life by what we give. We make a living by what we get. We make a, <clears throat> we make a life by what we give. This week as the ball drops on 2015 and we start a new year, what is it that your life is producing? What is it that your life, or who is it that your life is rooted in? Make the changes 
And let's make 2016 an amazing year where we begin to change the lives, countless ones, in our own lives. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for the fact that you came and we celebrate. For the fact that you lived and died and as a result we get to live we get to live with a purpose of helping others we get to live with a purpose of helping change the lives of other people Lord simply by just listening and being willing to hear their stories and being an influence in their lives. Lord, I pray that this year we would be more attentive to who and what we are rooting our lives in so we can produce a fruit that looks more like you. And people, people can identify it. People can see the uniqueness in us. And as a result, come to know you more intimately and more deeply and countless lives be changed. Amen.